Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Fitness Solution. Today I bring you a very special chat with a very special friend um, and guest. Her name is Sandy Papaviro and on today's episode we kind of deviate a little bit from fitness. Uh, Sandy is a business coach and she helps huge financial businesses and people who work on commission and stuff in the US to increase their income. And she talks about mindset and how you need to change that in order to create this kind of progress and all the rest of it. It's a fantastic episode. And the lessons, even though we talk in the context of business, the lessons, and we try to bridge that gap in the episode, the lessons that you can learn in terms of fitness is fantastic. And how you need to basically rewire your brain sometimes in order to create that development that you might require in order to get to that body that you want, to lose that body fat, to build that muscle, all the good stuffs. It was an absolute joy chatting to Sandy today, um, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. Just one last thing, thank you for all of the reviews that are coming in. They mean a hell of a lot to me. It really helps the podcast grow, uh, so I can't thank you enough. So if you're listening and subscribed on iTunes, then please, 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 please drop me another review and that would mean so much to me. Right, without further ado, uh, quick, uh, I've got a quick advert from one of my sponsors for you and then we'll be on with the show. The 100 Report, a brand new podcast following the new high-octane cricket competition this summer in England and Wales. We break down the squads, discuss the upcoming matches and provide up-to-the-minute commentary. Eight men's teams, eight women's teams, 100 balls of big hits, international superstars, and serious entertainment. Find our podcast on iTunes and YouTube, or follow our social media on Twitter, at 100report. That's H-U-N-D-R-E-D-R-E-P-O-R-T. And on Instagram, at The 100 Report. The 100 Report, your new summer cricket fix. Welcome to the Fitness Solution, uh, the podcast by me, the gym starter, Adam Berry. And today I have a very special friend um, on the podcast. Her name is Sandy Papavero. Have I said that right? That is correct. Yes, I got it right. And I've known Sandy for a number of years. Uh, we connected via Facebook. It was a Facebook group, wasn't it? I think and, so. and she um, she needed help with some image stuff and some redesign and branding and stuff. And I was more than happy to uh, to help her and assist her with that. And then we connected over that and we just got on like a house on fire. And we stayed in touch ever since. And in fact, I was meant to meet up with her on my trip to New York earlier or late last month in March. But it all got called off due to the current climate. But um, Sandy, it's pointless me introducing you because I'm sure you can talk about you a lot better than I can talk about you. So tell us who you are, where you're from and how the hell are you? I'm doing very well. Um, this has been a trying time, to say the least. And thank you for having me today. My I pleasure. I'm excited to be a guest on your show. And I am so sad that I miss you. It would have been so much fun to show you around my town. It would have been great. I was I, I was gutted to not get to New York. I really was. It's it's a long dream of mine. So we'll get there one day, I'm sure. Absolutely. That's, but that's if not... Patrick stay in New York City, you definitely would have enjoyed it. But we'll do it. We'll do another trip. Yeah, we'll have hot dogs and well, no, I'm vegetarian, so we'll have to have I'll have to have vegetarian hot dogs and pizza. Yeah, not in New York City. We'll pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We'll go to Boston for that. Yeah. Um. Uh, 
absolutely. So I live in New Jersey and I'm here with my uh, four beautiful sleeping children. And I have been here for, for my entire life. Did spend some time in Washington, DC, but the United States is where I reside. I am a divorced mom. I used to work in New York City in finance. That's how I met you. That's what we did together. I was working as a financial coach. Um, I did enjoy that immensely, but my passion kind of was running to different side and I've always been called back to sales. And I, I, I do love it. I was always wondering why more women aren't in sales. Um, I, I always wondered why more women weren't in finance. So I kind of always, we're looking for more answers as to why we weren't as women doing more things. And I, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to want, I, I'd love to want to always look to find out the answers of things that we want to know more answers to. So women are always stuck in their own heads in every single direction. And we, we, we're like super women. We're wonder women, right. In every other facet of our lives. And then we get to the business world and we almost slow ourselves down. And I'm really not quite sure why. So, Have you discovered anything in terms of that? Why, why are women in the workplace just stalling? Um, I mean, there's so many different theories. Uh, as I've worked with thousands of women over the time frame that I've consulted and coached and, and done many different um, coaching seminars to men and women, and with that being stereotypical and, and I'm speaking to a man right now. <laughs> well, I, I can, I can bonafide agree with that <laughs> and verify it. <laughs> you know, women, women have this innate sense to be maternal and we mm. just were born to take care of people. And through that maternal instinct, sometimes our caregiving tendencies take over and we're not, we don't show up. So we, we hold ourselves back and it's just, it can come through in so many different ways. Um, when it comes to sales and putting ourselves out there, there's a lot that goes along with it. It can come from many different ways of being um, looked at differently, not feeling good enough, uh, abuse, neglect, shame. Uh, it carries over into so many different elements of your life. And they, women just hold themselves back due to maybe childhood issues. And I really study that a lot. And that comes into play when I'm coaching. So that's the first and foremost. And we can be super women in our own world. But then when it comes to having to you know, put ourselves out there, we just don't do it because we're held back by our own sense of insecurity. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. what I work on first. Wow, that's that's, 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 that's very deep. So, so in coaching, what kind of coaching do you do? What who is it you work with? Um, in what industry and stuff like that? So, I really deal with anyone who's a commission professional because we're right. all reliant on our own self for income. Uh, yep. For me, anyone who's in a sales role, or any commission. I mean, you're commissioned. I'm commissioned. I've always loved it because when I wanted a raise, I just worked more, worked harder. And to me, uh, no one could tell me what I could do, what I couldn't do. And I, I just, I feel like they're, we're so necessary. We're necessary, but fear holds us back. People who have a lot of anxiety and fear around selling. So they don't ask for the sale. They, they have trouble around the closing. And it's all because of these unresolved issues that they have. So I work with the commission salespeople 
that have fear and anxiety around selling. That's really who I work with. So I do work with a lot of men as well. Yeah. Um, their ego sometimes holds themselves back from saying that they have these issues. Women are very much more forthcoming in saying that, you know, hey, me, um, I work with a tremendous amount of realtors, coaches, bankers, anyone who wants to figure out why they can do something so well and then it gets to the, to the actual, I need to sell you on something and they just freeze up. It's just, they just don't feel comfortable with asking someone for something. They don't look at it as a servitude. They look at it as I'm trying to sell you. Right. So it's not that it, yeah. So they come at it from a, they, uh, they think they're uh, being perceived as being greedy by asking for the money as opposed to actually showing that they're providing a service and there has to be a monetary exchange for that service and the person on the other end of the phone or in the meeting or whatever it might be is actually understanding of that and willing to submit themselves to that, right? Absolutely. I mean, when you have to really look at sales and is providing a service, it's a value. If you're perceiving value from what I'm extracting from you, money is just an idea. It's nothing. Mm. Money's just a piece of paper. We just give it this in, this entire big, you know, people look at a hundred dollar bill, who cares what's written on that, that piece of paper? It's just, we, we, we give it this symbol that's larger than life. And as soon as we start to exchange that piece of paper, people become fearful. But if you're giving me all the value in the world over what I'm going to help you with, I'm going to help you make more money then we need to exchange some kind of monetary means. And I'm going to be able to help. But the problem is, is that most people don't feel passion about what they're selling. They don't feel passion. They also, I ask questions to a lot of salespeople in context of what's the biggest check that you ever wrote. Right. And let's say that the biggest check that you ever wrote was $500. Yeah. So if that's the biggest check you ever wrote, how am I going to ask you, for $5,000 for a program. Yeah. It's, it's not equitable. So I always have to find out what big money means. It's, it's hard to ask for big money if you don't believe in the value yourself. So there's a lot of, you know, it's a mindset strategy, mindset work. And then we can work on your skill sets later on. Uh, a lot of times it takes, you know, hypnotic selling power to get through to people. Um, that's a whole nother, Oh, I need to investigate that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Hypnotic. Oh, Let's say that again. So it's hypnotic selling. Right. Okay. So what? You hypnotize someone into saying yes. No. So hypnosis, let's, there's two things. So your subconscious holds all of your hidden beliefs, yeah. but they're your beliefs. So your subconscious will never do anything that it doesn't want to do. Right. It will never go against you. So that's why you're, you're thinking like the people who are the comedians who put people on stage and they hypnotize you and make you bark like dog and run around the stage. That's just for fun. When you do clinical hypnosis, we're just taking your subconscious and putting you into a state. Okay. So when I hypnotize people, I put you into a state and that state is a, a state where probably you're doing your, you know, when you had your best day ever. Yeah. So when I change your belief system, so when people are going to sell, we can put you into a great, state and always remember that wonderful day that that state and we anchor that thought process so we can anchor that thought in so that you're always remembering when you were at your best 
So we can hypnotize you and anchor that feeling in so that you can get back to that state and that you won't put yourself into something that is a self-defeating or a limiting belief. We'll put you into a better mindset. But the, the hypnotic selling is just language. It's communication. Okay. So I'm helping to communicate with you on levels that are bringing out your true wants and wishes. It's persuasive, not manipulative. There's no manipulation. So I listen for words by us speaking in a sales connection. And it all comes down to you saying words like have, want, need. So when when we're talking in a conversation, especially for people like realtors, I'm listening for words that are connecting words. They're very powerful, but most people don't connect to them because they don't really listen to their client. Mm -hmm. Because if I said to you, Adam, I have to have a six pack by the end of the summer, but I would want to be able to fit in a size six, you know, things like that. What is the greatest of my wants and wishes or what do I have to have? how would you sell me based on my wants and wishes? Right. But then there has to be an element of realism attached to that, right? Because like your request, if it's completely and utterly unrealistic, then it would be foolish to sell, sell you on that. Well, you'd have to bring me down, but we're, we're, what we're doing is the whole time that, of course, most people's real, you would have to, as a salesperson, you'd have to lead me. Yeah, okay, cool. You know, if I said, of course, there's a realistic, you you would have to say in a, in a kind way, just like you would say to anyone else, if I said, well, I want to be a size zero, (laughs) you know, you would have to lead me saying, you know, when was the last time that you were a size zero? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm getting a free coaching call here. This isn't just a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to also think about things like, um, realtors, things where you get into hypnotic sales is where you say things as far as um, finding out people's buying patterns. You know, what did it look like the last time you purchased a home? Walk me through that process. Right. Everything that people that I teach people to do in a sales first, we fix your mindset, and then I teach you how to sell. Right. So that's that's amazing. How do you how do you slip someone into into that kind of hypnotic state, if that's the right term. Because what I'm thinking is, like, I mean, I come across, and there's probably loads of people listening to this podcast right now, and they're thinking, I'm just too scared to step foot into a gym. I'm just too scared to uh, lift weights. I'm just too scared to do all of these things. I'm too scared to even take action. I'm too scared to even do 20 squats in, in my living room just because I'm scared of failing at, and everything else. So if someone is in that state and they're listening to this, how do we pull them out of that state so that they can begin to start that journey for themselves? How would we go about doing that? Well, I think what we have to find out first is if they're really scared of failing. Right. There's, there's two things. I'm going to say that I feel sometimes people are scared of succeeding. So there's, there's, right. there, there is a certainty that goes along with being who you are. Yep. at the present moment. Yep. I know that the way that I am right now is a certainty. I know yep. what my life looks like right now. My friends like me. My family is okay with me. My life is where it is right yep. now because once you start to succeed, it's the unknown. Works the boat. It's the uncertain. 
people are going to start to judge you. You have to put yourself out there. You lose friends. People talk about you. You're going to, you're, you start to outgrow people. Mm -hmm. Your neighbor who says, oh, you have a fitness regimen now. Wow. I'm really excited for you. Sooner mm -hmm. you start to look better than them. And now he doesn't like you anymore. There's a fear and an unknown to the success. So people like to stay stuck in their own world because there's a certainty. So they have to really, one of the, one of the main things that I do with people before we even start a journey together is I do a very big deep dive in goal setting. I need to know what Adam 2.0 wants to look like. Who are you? Sorry, right just, to inter just to interrupt. 2.0 is about 10 years ago. I'm now on like 6.7. <laughs> but you know, what, what, what is your outcome? It's, it's never about your, it's never about, you know, what you want. It's about your journey of who you're mm. becoming. I, I had the esteemed opportunity to work for Tony Robbins. I know you yeah, remember that. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, actually it was, I was just talking to the man who hired me. He just wrote me a wonderful testimonial. So I'm so oh. excited to share that. He, um, we have kept in contact for the past, you know, 10 years, which is great. I, yeah, that's brilliant. I, I keep in my, uh, you know, never burn bridges. So yeah. we, we always talk about who you're becoming. And when someone wants to go into the gym, we need to find out wh where they are and who they want to become. What are their dreams? What are their wishes? And then we need to find out that moment that that, that was a moment for them. Like, you, you know how I just spoke of the one thing? Mm -hmm. There's a one thing of that state of being. There was a one time where everybody applauded you. Mm -hmm. There was one time where you felt so good about yourself. It's the psychology of the mind. And if we can get people into that state, that's who they want to become. That's the outcome. So we have to do something. Now, that's what I call time techniques. Techniques. There's a lot of different things and modalities yep. into um, neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, there's things called single belief systems. And mm -hmm. we can take you back in time to find out where you're stuck, why you're stuck. It could even be pre-birth. Right. Why wow. you have these? Yeah, it's That's quite crazy. intense. Have you have you ever studied? Well, all what you're saying is incredibly interesting. And have you ever studied? Um, have you ever heard of a guy called Konstantin Stanislavski? Yes, I have. Yeah, do you but know I who he is? Study. I didn't study any. No, no. So Stanislavski, he came up with the theory behind acting. Basically, all acting that we see these days. He came up with all of the theories behind it. And you know, like the Lee Strasberg school of filming. So, you know, like what Robert De Niro does, Al Pacino does, Marlon Brando, that kind of, um, oh God, I've forgotten the term for it now. But that, that, that method acting that Lee Strasberg came up with, he developed that from Stanislavski's work. And Stanislavski is an old Russian man and he, he's not alive, but yeah, he, he wrote loads of books that, that lays it all down. And one of his key beliefs was effective memory. And in that, what he says is that when you're an actor in a scene and you need to cry or you need to feel joy or you need to do whatever you can um, in order to get yourself into that emotional state that the scene needs you to be in, then you need to take yourself on a journey into your past to a point in which your life where you felt that emotion. And you have to recall everything within that emotion. And I remember when I was at drama school, we used to do these exercises. We used to sit on a chair in the middle of a room, 30 people in the room all looking at you. And our, our acting coach, our drama school coach, would she'd sit there with us and she'd talk us through and you'd smell the room. You'd 
you'd, you'd make it a real sensual thing. You, you'd put yourself there and then suddenly you start behaving in that manner. You start, you know, like I remember doing one where I was getting told off at school. And it, it, honestly, they, they said once I was finished, like I don't remember much of it, but they said once I was finished, it was like I was a 14-year-old boy again. Like the way I was behaving, yeah. the way I was sounding. And I've managed to put myself so much into that state um, just through what, what is called effective memory. And I was bawling my eyes out. I was scared. I felt like I was being bullied yeah. again. It, it was crazy. Um, but really, really effective. And if you ever need to, if I ever do ever need to step on stage or I need to tap into one of those emotions, like there is a, a process I take myself through. And imagine it's very much the same it, kind it, of thing. I, I freaking love it. That's amazing. But that is exactly what it is. You can actually have a memory recall. And that's a, exactly what happens when people who have had a destructive time in their lives where again where they're they cannot let go of that moment when they're in hypnosis that's what we're trying to take them back to that moment so that we can get rid of that process right. so people who have gone through the abuse or the neglect or you know something that are the abandonment issues mm -hmm. and that's what's holding them back generally you're going to find that a lot with in what you do as well for helping them to become you know, the, the transformation. Mm -hmm. You know as well as I do that you can bring someone to the gym every single day. And if their mindset is not correct, they're going to fall back into their habits again. Yeah, of course. It happened to me. Yeah, it happens to everyone. Me. I mean, you know, I, I was in the best shape always, forever. I just spent, you know, all this time looking at old pictures. And then I, when I was going through my journey of divorce and everything, you know, as strong-minded as I was and going through, I fell back into some of my old habits. Thankfully, now I'm back on my run and doing my things. You have That's to get back into your memory recall. Right. And time techniques is what will bring you back into those moments but i mean that's it's your your mind is just it's it's incredible what we can do with it 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 you really need to know how to manipulate your own self into the thoughts that you need to maintain in order that's why people they fail because they don't know how to help themselves and hiring someone like yourself can be life-changing if if they allow for it but they have to put the work in. Absolutely. That's all it is. And, and the same with me. That's why we were, before you know, we hopped on live, we were talking about a sales manager. Hmm. And um, I worked with so many sales managers and they, they focus on pick up the phone, call numbers. You know, we, I want a hundred phone calls out of you a day. I want, you know, who's the leaderboard. And now the focus starts to go to the phone calls and the amount of work. And we're salespeople, we're, we're creative, we're flexible, we need to be nimble. Do you want me going on the road? I could do 20 calls, 20 you know, face-to-face visits in a day, or do you want me putting my notes in after each stop? I don't work that way. You have to let me be nimble and you have to let me be creative and focus on what's important and that's the client. It's my mindset has to be strong enough to be able to do the job the way that is good for me if I'm focused on the wrong things. So if you come in and you tell me to lift, you know, the weights, what happens if my mind isn't strong enough, I'm going to fall back and go home and eat 20 Oreos afterwards. So we have to focus on the right things, the right systems, the right processes that are good for us. And each person's different. So, you know, when I coach, I find out 
what's holding them back, what they're fear, what they're anxious about. Most of it's, you know, a lot of rejection. People are fearing the rejection. And that's why people don't want to step in the gym. They're, they're, they're scared. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they don't want to be rejected. They don't want to feel foolish. You know, we've all been to the gym where you see that person and I, we've all been that person. We all had to start somewhere. So, you know, sales is the same, but once you start to overcome the no, and it's just like dating, it's anything, you know, you get the no, I'm like, no, you don't like me. Good. All right. Next. (laughs) I've got a funny story about that. I once, when I, in my younger years, I was always quite a cocky, confident little boy. Not little boy. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm talking when I was like 20, 21. And, um, and I went on a, I think it was 72 streak of getting a no from people, <laughs> but it kind of got to a point where like, cause I, I, I just did not care. Like I just got to people and just pretty much ask them for their number randomly, like a quick, like two minute conversation. I'd be like, well, what's your number? Why don't we hang out? And like, I, th- I think I got to about 72 no's and, um, and it was, a, it was really quite an interesting experiment because it, in fact, it strengthened, interestingly, getting those notes strengthened my confidence to the point it just became a game. Um, and then, like, so then the next time I went in, I was almost willing to know because if she'd have said yes, I'd have lost, I'd have lost all the momentum I'd built up. Right? <laughs> and, and then, but then I, I just, I, it's like, it's like exposure. So right now in, in the fitness collective, in my Facebook group, I've, and, and my membership website, I've asked all of my clients to do a 30 day challenge. So we're going to do, I think it's 1600 reps. Um, they're going to do 30 squats, 30 push ups every day for 30 days, which I think is 1800 or 1600. And some of them are like, Oh, but I can't do push ups. I'm like, well, that's the point. Exposure to something you don't like doing is going to improve you. And some of them are like, I'm like, I, I need a selfie after the workout or I need a time-lapse video of you doing the workout. And some of them are like, well, I don't like videos of myself. I don't like photos of myself. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm trying to expose you to it as much as I can so that you can get over that, so you can get yourself out of your prison. And, and it's not going anywhere in particular. No one else, you're going to look at it more than anyone else is going to look at it. But you're, these people just don't always have the ability to, um, to see, see that actually going through a tiny bit of pain for two, three days until it just becomes normal and they get quite deregulate, the unsensitized to it is, is actually a good beneficial thing for them. Yeah. Um, but that's, most people that's what I'm trying to do. But they don't, they say they can't because they never thought they could. They never yeah. thought about their lives as could. They never thought about what they want to become. Mm. It's very, it, it's in, if you went and you asked every person who becomes your client, who do you want to become? No one's going to have an answer. I do. Elton John. You, I, I mean, <laughs> you, I, I probably would be become Elton John too. <laughs> He's what he would, he'd be somebody I'd want to have dinner with. We, we share the same birthday, by the way. Oh, do you? Oh, fantastic. Um, I share the same birthday as Bob Marley. Oh, okay. Right. Different that's, years. That's different years. No, well, I'm definitely not Elton's age, but we still yeah. share the same birthday. Um, but, but most people don't know what they want to become. And when you start to answer, so why I do that on my first call with them is because then I can always relate it back and they can't say can't when, when I, the case study, when you had read my Facebook, um, post my case study that I was putting out, 
the one of my one of my uh, ment mentees, as I put him out there, I drove him as I trained him, and I would throw him out of the car, and I say I would say go into this building and go in and prospect. And he would say, I can't, I'm not going in there. And I say, get out of my car and go in and prospect. And he would go in and he would come out so defeated. And then I would drive him to the next stop and say, get out of my car. And I did it to him for days and days and days. And by the next week, he was getting better and better and better and better. And he stopped saying, I can't. He started to look at what he could do and he started to see how people actually were accepting him and people were actually buying from him and everything started to change because now i was we were focusing on who he was becoming yeah he was becoming a salesperson yeah it's like um it's like it says in the bible isn't it knock at the door and it shall be opened unto you like if you don't ask you don't get but if you do ask you might get something so you might as well just try asking right but he you know i think what it is is we especially people who are in a codependent, some relationship in their lives, they hide behind that codependency. So they don't, they can't put themselves out there. Yeah, it's a and, safety blanket. Sorry? It's a safety blanket. Absolutely. So that's not something. But if you're in that role, you know, I would love, that's why women, again, sometimes are very much codependent on a lot of different things and, and marry codependent relationships. And I was in one myself, so I completely understand. Um, when you get out of it, a, the power that you can gain over your life, but you, how are you going to sell to someone or how are you going to be able to coach someone coming from a space where you can't even control your own self? How are they going to value you when you don't value you? And that's really what it's all about. So, you know, what that's everything about selling is about your mind. Everything about fitness is about your mind. You know, and, and I know that before I go out to run, the days I don't want to go out and run, I, I listen to everything I can to get myself in that state. Right. You know, I, I jazz myself up and even on the worst things, but you're right. No is the best thing to hear. And once you, once you fail, once you fall, once you, you know, if you've ever snowboarded, I don't know if you've ever snowboarded. Wow, it's really difficult. Horrible. And I was a skier. I was terrible yeah. at snowboarding. I fell so many times. I just, all these kids are whizzing by me. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I was a good skier. Who are these people? <laughs> but you, you, I put myself out there. And the more you put yourself out there and the more you do things, the more, you know, you go on these Facebook lives and the more you just, you, you stop worrying so much about what people think and you yeah. start to feel confident and, and life becomes yours. Yeah. I mean, I, then, I, sorry, I, I encourage people to do much the same with, with scale weight. So just recently I've kind of made the, not the discovery, well, no, I suppose it is a discovery. I've kind of changed my view on, on when to weigh yourself, how to weigh yourself and all the rest of it. And I'm now trying to encourage people to weigh themselves daily. And, and I want them to just, get on the scale each and every day. A big thing that I, I, I take into fitness is your fitness needs more objectivity and less subjectivity. You need to react to things far less emotionally. You just need to view things as numbers, view things as, as literal objects, as, as just, just separate yourself from it. So the number on the scale is just the number on the scale for that day. And the only way in which you can get used to it just being the number on the scale for that day is if you step on it 60 days in a row. 
you know, 90 days in a row and you just keep getting on it and you keep going, okay, it's gone up a pound today, such as life, move on. Okay, it's gone down three pounds today. Okay, such as life, move on. And, and by just constantly exposing yourself to that stimulus, something that you've got such a great fear over, is a great way to develop a much healthier relationship with it. It's the same with food. It's like I just published an article last night um, about calorie counting. And in that, you need to, the only way to get on top of calorie counting and to actually understand the amount of calories you're eating is to actually start viewing your food as calories. And that's all it is. It's nothing else. It's just, it's just units of energy that you're eating to sustain yourself. And if you can have that kind of callous attitude towards it, then you're going to care so much less about, about how, if you go over it, if you come under it and, and where you're sitting in terms of your numbers, because you're just dealing with it in a, almost a transactional basis. And I know it sounds weird to adopt that with things that you're doing in your life, but if you can just operate things transactionally, then you're going, you know, yeah, don't get me wrong, every now and then something's going to come along and sideswipe you. There will be an emotional hit at some point with it. But if you can keep it as transactional as possible, you're going to make so much more progress in terms of weight loss, in terms of weight gain, in terms of everything you're trying to do. Lifting, you know, you walk into a gym and not keep track of how many weights you're lifting and what weights you're lifting, would you? You wouldn't suddenly pick up a 50 kilo dumbbell and go, oh God, that's too heavy for me today. But if, if you lost track of what you did last week, you're going to keep track of those numbers. So why are you not keeping track of your numbers of your scale, of your, of your food every time you're exposing yourself to that thing? But you can't manage what you can't measure. You yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I use that exact quote in my article. If it can't be, if it can't be measured, it can't be managed. Yep. And my dumbbells are right next to my desk. Yes, good stuff. I suppose you want curling on the call. That's right. Not not right now, but I do. And you know, anything that you can't you can't you you can't fix things that you don't know what's going on in your world. That's why people just live very haphazardly. You yep. need to be able to be more conscious and living in the present. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was listening to something yesterday and it really was one of the best things that I've heard. And I probably have heard it before again, you know, doing 900 things. Yep. We only can take in so much at one time. I think mm -hmm. we can put 132 bits of information. They say um, we're like a computer, our brain's a computer. We can only take in so much, but I listened to this and it said that when we're born, that, date is on the tombstone and when we die that date will be on a tombstone but there's a dash in the middle and we need to make sure that what happens in that dash is what we're living every day and we need to be conscious of that dash what are we doing today to make ourselves better what are we doing how are we living how are we affecting people what value are we bringing to the table nobody what are they remembering they're not going to remember the day we're born they're not going to remember when we're dead but what are we doing today? Well, how are we living our lives? You know, I want to make sure that people remember me. How are they going to remember me? You know, what did I do to affect them? And it was just, it hit me so hard because, you know, people, we stress so much about the future or we care so much more about the past. And until we let that go, that past go and concentrate on our, on our present, we don't, don't worry about the future. The future is going to be what it is going to be because you are doing what you need to do in the present. Mm. Create your future by making the present as what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, he, he, and especially now, like we're all in lockdown. We're all kind of, we, we don't know what's going to happen, do we? And I'm telling all my clients at the moment that, you know, if you, if you can only deal with the next six to seven hours of your life, Absolutely. that's perfect. 
That's all you ever really need to deal with. You don't need to worry about what's going to happen don't on Sunday. Worry. Easter Sunday, who cares? It doesn't matter. You don't need to worry about what might happen next Friday. Right now, like, this is, in many ways, this is one of the best things that we can use in order to pull us into the present. Like, we've all kind of been given this gift um, of lockdown. And I know it sounds crazy to say that, but we've kind of all been given this gift of lockdown so that we can we can just explore actually what living day by day looks like and how it feels and how we exist within that. And yeah, some days are going to be good, some days are going to be bad and all the rest of it. But if we can just exist in this present moment right now, just do all, all, I, all I'm doing is literally dealing day by day. I have no idea what clients I've got tomorrow. I've got no idea what my schedule is tomorrow because all I care about, I'll, I'll look tonight at some point when I need to, to see what time I've got to wake up and then I'll just deal with the day as it comes at me. And it's, I, I find that a very freeing way to live without worrying about the future. Um, and my future plans are huge, but I'm not worrying about them because I know they're going to they're gonna take root and grow based on what I'm doing right now here with you on this call, on this podcast, what work I've done today. And that's going to be the foundation for my future to succeed. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree 100%. I have, this lockdown has been a blessing I really, everybody has slowed down. I mean, homeschooling hasn't been my favorite thing right now. No, I can imagine. Well, the three girls are older, but you know, my, my little guy at six years old, he's like, oh, what work oh, do I do um, <laughs> You know, he's, he's just ridiculous. But the college and the high schoolers, they're fine. It's just, you have to live in the present and it's forcing all of us to take a look at life very differently. I'm, you know, it's, we're cooking every night and we're, we're playing you know, games together that we weren't doing and um, at no one's, we're all home working. No one is running around like usual. And there's just, you, I've, I've been journaling every day. I've been so consistent in my routine. And I wake up, I've been, I, one thing I know about is routine and patterns and yeah. I'm trying to do my rituals and meditate. I don't, do you work on that a lot with your, with your clients? Do you do meditation? Um, yeah, I mean, I write, I write meditation. So on my YouTube channel, I've got like a series of 10 minute walking meditations for people okay. to do. So if they're just going out for a walk, they can just listen to my voice and zone out and get in the present and, and everything else. I, I still hear your voice. Don't worry. I have Good. Deep- I, I think everyone should. <laughs> I, don't, I You know, I, it's a voice that resonates. And that's three years of drama school. And I um. <laughs> And yeah, and it's something I, I started to do at the beginning of lockdown and I'm, I'm all full of habits. I really am. I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. You know, they slip through my fingers very quickly. Like I tried to do a daily sonnet every day in my Facebook group and I've done three and I started it on Monday. So I'm already like two behind and it's just not good <laughs> enough. And, and then like I'll be falling asleep. Like, oh, I didn't do my daily sonnet. It's like, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And then, you know, it's just not the right attitude to have sometimes. But it's something I keep working on. That's why I've set up this 1600 rep challenge to, to make sure that I stay accountable and I've, I'm going to get it done. And I've set up an accountability thread and everything. So everyone can see if I fail, I fail. And if I don't, I don't. And if everyone else succeeds, that's great. And, and we can all be in it together. Um, and so, yeah, I do, I do try and meditate. I try and encourage my clients to learn about getting into the present. I try and encourage them to to work mindfully when they are doing stuff. Um, it's very difficult though, because stress is just so prevalent, especially in London, in Southeast London where I work. Um, stress is so massive on everyone. And London and England has become a country where 
actually not England. That's not true because I've been to some beautiful parts of England where it's slow and it's it's calmed down. And but we're just in this rat race. We're so close to London where I live, and we're just in this constant. I suppose much like you in New York, and and just everyone seems to just whiz around. It kind of like has its own gravitational pull, and we all kind of live hoodwinked, and we all kind of live very um, blinded by what is going on. And then that just leads to stress and it leads to more work and everyone just wants you to do more and 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 do more until you break. And then once you've broken, they just throw you out on the, the shit heap and move on. And it's, and it's really quite sad. Um, and that's just the way London is, you know, like the second lockdown happened, a company I work for, not even the second lockdown happened. They lost the, it was a, it's an exhibition center and a lot of them, um, just overnight, that was it, like three weeks work gone, in, you know, even three months. No one knew, no one knew what the future held, but I was just told, that's it, go home. No, nothing for you tomorrow, nothing for you next day, next day, next day, and the rest of it. Fair credit to them. Since the government have stepped in and, and dealt with like furloughing people and stuff, then it's got better. But it was a good month or so of maybe three weeks of just the complete unknown. And it can happen to us all. And it's not nice, you know. I mean, it's my fault as well because I'm not necessarily employed by them. I'm a zero-hour employee. But um, I just would prefer to be... And I think that's what this has taught us all, just just to exist a bit more. Like, I watch a movie every night with my nephew because I'm currently living with my nephew. And it's great, you know, just being there with him, um, watching movies. Or I, I can't remember last time I watched so many movies in such a short space of time. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to say, nice. my, my kids have. I really don't turn the TV on very much because I try to read. I'm not working. Yeah, yeah same here. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been a reader or listening to something or we were listening to music last night or cooking or, but it, it, it really did. A lot of people have stepped in. I had quit my job right before this happened because I had, you know, my full-time position, but it, it was, it's the same thing here. I mean, it's, I am very fast paced. So mm. it, it, it was good to slow down. Uh, I do like, I do like being fast paced, so I don't want to take it away, but this has been, this has been a great thing, but the more and more people do put more and more on. I, I mean, when I started in my occupation, we didn't have email, we didn't have computer, we had computers and email was start, I think we had email, the internet was starting. Yeah. We didn't, but you couldn't get in touch with me all day. Mm. So I was on the road using maps to get from destination to destination. And you had to think, you had to use your mind, you know, you couldn't just call the office. They didn't know where you were all day. Yeah. So people could only expect of you what you could accomplish during the day. There wasn't this, you know, overpowering, um, you know, do more, get you at home. No one bothered you at home at night. Mm. You know, there was no, um, people didn't have home computers really back then. So it wasn't as, and I think that's what starts to happen. It was, I, I was working 24 hours a day at my job. It was, it was nonstop. There was no, my kids would, as soon as they saw my boss's name pop up on my phone, they would be like, Oh, here we go again. I mean, I was on vacation last summer and they didn't see me for two weeks. And I, and I was on vacation, but I was working the whole time yeah. and it was ridiculous. And that's the life that so many of us were leading. Yep. And this, this lockdown is going to force a lot of companies to see, I mean, believe me, I like to be in front of a room. When I'm doing a sales seminar or I'm training salespeople, I do like the energy. So I will go back to being there because I need to use my hands and my Italian ways. But there will be, you know, I've done a lot of Zoom meetings and, I, and, and yeah. 
doing what I'm doing now, uh, doing, but doing more formal trainings, it's going to force people to say, uh, we don't need to have all these office space. We can do this. People need to be home with their families. Yeah. This is, this is better for people. There's yeah. going to be less suicide and depression. Exactly. I'm kind of hoping it's going to break capitalism, to be honest. Um, like, cause I think it needs to, like, I think, I think it, this bubble just got too big and now, right now, like with it in this manner, we, yeah, like I, I know people who work in 15 hours a day, you know, like they come see me at eight o'clock in the evening and then they still go home and work till midnight. And I'm like, you've got to get a grip on this. This is not right. And she's got, you know, young children, young family. Yeah. everything all our own normal worries about life you know elderly parents whatever it might be it's like just stop just a company should not be allowed to expect that from you they just shouldn't it um, shouldn't but they, but they would happen is the, the competition has risen yeah and, and and no one knows how to bring it anymore think about this we have we have become a society where people have changed their mindset to instead of training and bringing superior knowledge to our people, we are competing by expectation. So everyone goes out there and they're expecting their people to work harder and work more instead of bringing, bringing more quality to their, to their staff. They're cutting where they shouldn't be cutting. They're, they're cutting on, you know, I remember in the early days we used to get training all the time. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, they don't have the budget for that. They, we don't have the budget for this. We're not, we're not sending everybody to these trainings. We'll send the one sales manager and then we'll bring him back and he can show everyone. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So you're, you're seeing a whole different world out there. Maybe yeah. this is going to you know, bring a new consideration. I hope so. I hope it does. I hope it does. So um, you mentioned Tony Robbins earlier. What did you do for him? And, and kind of what did you learn from him? So I worked for a company called Business um, Breakthrough International. And when I first was hired, and it was a great thing. That's what, if there's anything to take away, it's that you have to keep chomping at the bit. When I first uh, went into interview, they rejected me. Right. Later, I found out that it's part of their sales process. They reject. Because they, if you're a true salesperson, you'll keep coming back. I've been, and, I, I adopted that policy once in an audition. And it didn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I got rejected twice and I was just furious because they said, well, I'm sorry, we don't hear superstar. And I said, I don't know where you're not hearing superstar, <laughs> but I, and, and I don't, you know, then you limiting belief, self doubt yeah, pops exactly. up in your head. Maybe I'm not a superstar. Maybe I stink. Yeah. So I called back again about an hour later and I said, I would like to speak with Mitch again. I'm, I'm just, I want to know why I didn't, what, what did you not hear? Like, yeah. I want to speak to someone else. Somebody else has to get on the phone because I thought we had an excellent interview. I mean, I was on my top of my game. So anyway, he got back on the phone and he did it again to me. He said, I'm just not hearing it. <laughs> and I said, but you're not giving me anything to improve on. If I hang this phone up, at least I want to hang up knowing what I can improve on but you're not giving me one thing. At least I can walk away with a takeaway. Yeah, good policy. And he said, I love it. I love your tenacity. He said, you're hired. So 
in order to, we would get about 3,000 calls inbound a day with business owners looking to get more information and find out why their companies weren't growing. Right. So we had to walk them through a path of, it was a one call close almost to get them onto a webinar. And from a webinar, we had to business coach them. But no matter who you were in this, their company, you had to sell them on the webinar. Right. So it was a tough, like you, you had to follow that script all the way down, get them on the webinar. And that's where we all started. And then I became a business coach. Yeah. It was one of the hardest sales I've ever done, but it just goes to show you that your mindset had to be strong because we had to overcome their limiting beliefs on the other end. These are some of these businessmen were $25 million business owners who right. were calling in thinking that they were getting, you know, they needed, they needed help. Yeah but their ego would get in the way and then they would say, no, I don't need help. And you had to sell them. And Chet Holmes was amazing. He, um, he passed away of, of, if, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He wrote a book hmm. called the ultimate sales machine. Okay. Uh, he, he worked with, um, Charlie Munger, who was Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. I've heard of Charlie uh, Munger. Yeah. Charlie Munger's, um, Warren Buffett's partner. Right. Yeah. So he took 12 of his companies and doubled every single one of them. Jesus. He was, he was a force to be reckoned with. But Tony, of course, his, you know, he's a legend. Speaker. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, Tony's, I mean, I used to, I used to, when we first connected actually, I used to not really, I didn't, I couldn't really understand Tony. I just didn't, I don't know what it was about him. I tried listening to um, Unleash the Giant Within and it just felt like a crazy book to me him bragging a lot and stuff and i just wasn't hearing what everybody else seemed to hear whenever they they looked at the name tony robbins and now i just don't know what i'd do without him like i mean he turned 60 doesn't he soon i think yeah, and um and what a life that guy's had and if anyone's listening and they don't know who tony robbins is get unleash the giant with him listen to his podcast his podcast is astounding yeah. mm -hmm. and just get him in your ears because a couple of things he says, things like um, where your focus goes, energy flows and change your story, change your life. And all these things are just so incredible, whether it's fitness, business, whatever it might be, all of the, just the little, the way he deals with people is, is something special. I mean, he's so gifted. So gifted. And he's the reason I went into learning NLP, which is the neuro linguistic program. Uh, he, we were trained so well at that company that when I, I wanted to go into neurolinguistics because the, the patterns, and I learned so much through working for him and how people's minds work that I knew I could be better for me first. And if I could be better, then I could train other people to be better. Yeah. Um, you know, like understanding people's thought processes. And you were saying when you were in, in, in school and drama that you could memory recall and there's so many things people go into their minds to recall all the time and you can actually use that because we all have different ways of of hearing or seeing visual kinesthetic touching yep. or auditory you know the yep. hearing and <clears throat> auditory digital so those are ways to sell people too yeah because that's how we connect of course so through tony i learned how to uh breathe with you Right. I can build rapport by breathing the same way that you're breathing. Wow. I've never so thought that. while you and I are on the call, I can change my tone of voice 
there's different tonalities. I could switch my tonalities. I can't do your accent, but I could switch my tonalities. <laughs> it's very special. If I, if I want to, I would raise, you know, how I am becoming, I would have my energy to yours. Yep. If I would ask you certain questions, I would watch where your eyes go for memory recall. Uh -huh. And I would find out if you're visual, if you're auditory or kinesthetic and the things I would ask you. So let's say you sell cars mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I asked you what color your bedroom was when you were small. And you said, oh, my bedroom, it, it was blue. And your eyes had to go to the visual. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now I know you're a visual person. Uh -huh. So I, you come onto the lot and I say, oh, Adam, is that car not beautiful or what? Look at the way it looks. How do those wheels look to you? Everything yeah. that I'm going to say to you is going to be of the visual. visual. Right. If you did something that made me know that you were auditory, I'd say, listen, doesn't that engine purr like a kitten? You know, it's just different ways which I can identify with you. You're going to, I'm going to get so that you and I are building rapport differently because yeah. that's how I can make sure that we're on the same page, so to speak. Yeah. It's just different ways to, and he taught us all of that. And then I just enhanced my learning through, you know, coaching and certifying. It's amazing. Oh, it must've been an experience. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, right. Well, I've taken up far too much of your time for a, uh, what was it Friday, Thursday, Friday? It was fine. Friday I don't know. I, I don't even know. It's good Friday. Happy good Friday. Is it? Oh God, it is, isn't it? I've got to have a hot cross bun. Um, <laughs> So I, I like to end these calls with a bit of fun. So all I'll say is, what do you know now that you wish you'd have known when you started? Like three to five things. Started my business or my call with you? Oh, oh well, yeah, there we go. <laughs> business, let's go with business. Oh, before I met you, you taught me a lot since I've met you. Oh, that's sweet. What have I taught you? Um, I mean, you, you, you held me accountable. You pushed me. You, you met me at a very poor time of my life when things oh. were not very good. You up, you were very uplifting. You were very motivating. Um, you know, we connected very well and you made me smile every time we spoke. You always made me feel good and I'm will ever forever be grateful because you became a dear friend to me. So uh, um, you're a little sweetheart. Yes, absolutely. Uh. Well, I'm going to take that slice of audio and put it all over my website, okay? <laughs> you should. You should. And anyone who's worked with you, I'm sure, would say the same because you were, you were definitely someone who you were not just a coach for me. You became a friend, and, and that's the best kind of coach, somebody who actually cares. Oh, so that's, that's very sweet. That's pretty much all I try to do. All I'll ever say to someone is I'll try and be your number one cheerleader. We'll be best friends, and, and that's, that's all it is, really. That's all it needs to become. But if it were something that when I started, I would say that your journey is not complete ever. I would say that you don't, in sales, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to get started. Let's just put a quote in there that you might love. It's don't get it right, get it written. Just go, just do yeah. it. Just start. You need to start. It doesn't need to be perfect. And I would definitely say that you need to know out of everything where you're going your your mind is your gps and you need to know where you're going if you don't know where you're going the universe can't help you get there you need to know your why you need to know you just just you need to have a vision otherwise not, you're not going to collaborate to get there it's just going to fall apart 
So that's probably what I would say. And, and Perfect. <clears throat> that was one thing that used to frustrate me because I could see it. I just, I didn't know my why enough. Yeah. I that was, that was, that was probably it. Oh, fantastic. And um, Sandy, uh, like always, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you because I'm sure lots of people will want, um, want to connect with you and find out more about you and everything else. So um, tell people how they can get best in touch with you. Uh, there's uh, Right now, my site is being reconstructed, but it's Sandy Papavero, so S-A-N-D-Y-P-A-P-A-V-E-R-O.com, and they can book a call right on there. There's a 90-minute discovery call that's free. They call is all about you know who you're becoming goal setting breaking through barriers i call it a breakthrough session it's extremely enlightening um it breaks down kind of who you are and you know what's holding you back um it's definitely sometimes a tearjerker it's yeah. uh, energy I, find, I find that on my on my initial calls with people as well like we'll I go love through, it. I we'll really go my favorite things to do they're it's, very emotional yeah it is very emotional but it's i find it so gratifying that we are in an industry where we can change people's lives oh yeah like it's it's one of the greatest honors i think absolutely you can have yeah absolutely. And, and to be there and, to help people it is and and that's probably the, the easiest way i mean you know i'm on my name is on everywhere sandy papavero on linkedin instagram you just set that up haven't you that's it instagram gotcha. thank you for having me this was so fun I said instagram your instagram sandy papavero isn't it it is that's right yeah instagram you've just set it up good and right. now, my name my name is everywhere well branded <laughs> it is i know i'm it's nice when you can get get it consistent across all places isn't it yes that's fantastic well sandy from the bottom of my heart and, and my best wishes to everyone in the u.s um thank you so much for coming into the fitness solution it's been a great call i feel enlightened i feel buzzing and ready to get started with new that's stuff right. that you filled my brain with so thank you so much and um and yeah have a lovely day and uh we'll catch you all very very soon great thank you bye-bye bye i really hope you enjoyed that conversation with sandy papavero she really is a wonderful human being and a dear friend as i mentioned before it was lovely to chat to her and to find out all what she knows about neuro-linguistic programming and how to for want of a better word, hack the brain in order to start producing results and taking action. If you enjoyed the podcast, then please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It means a hell of a lot and it goes a hell of a long way towards helping other people discover the podcast itself. If you want to join The Fitness Collective, which is my members-only group, then you're more than welcome to join. Just head to www.thegymstarter.com and follow all of the links on there to the fitness collective it's my members only group where you get free online coaching well not free you get online coaching from me you get monthly online coaching from me you get chats q a's workouts articles additions guides recipe books the lot i'm trying to upload a massive resource of of information for you uh, which will get updated monthly to help you stay on track with your goals so to find that, that's The Fitness Collective on my website, www.thegymstarter.com. That's it from me. Peace, love, and protein. High fives and positive vibes. Ciao.